Hi, I'm Michael Weber, Artistic Director of Chicago's Porchlight Music Theatre. Opening on Broadway at the New Amsterdam Theatre, September 8, 1913, with music by Victor Herbert, lyrics by Robert B. Smith, and a book by Harry B. Smith and Fred DeGressick, Sweethearts was a hit musical that became a smash 1938 film at MGM Studios, where some of the greatest film musicals of all time were created, and this movie adaptation was packed with firsts. It was the first all-Technicolor film at the studio. It was MGM's first film to feature a different lion roaring in the logo by the name of Tanner instead of Leo, and it was Jeanette MacDonald and Nelson Eddy's first contemporary film together, without uniforms or period costumes. The screenplay by Dorothy Parker and Alan Campbell uses a play-within-a-play device. A Broadway production of the stage musical is the setting for another pair of sweethearts, the stars of our show. The film incorporates many musical numbers from the stage production Sweethearts, but the present-day setting for the main story was original to the screen. According to a Hollywood Reporter news item on July 13, 1938, noted conductor-pianist Hosea Turby was to make his acting debut in Sweethearts. He was not in the released film, however, and it is unclear if his role was cut or never filmed. That said, Turby, who did not make his screen debut until 1944, would appear in several MGM films of the decade. Sweethearts was nominated for two Academy Awards, one for Best Sound and one for Best Score. Nelson Eddy was an opera singer before he became a film star, while Jeanette MacDonald turned to opera only later in her career after becoming a successful film actress. Together, they starred in eight films, all for Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Here they both are in the March 25, 1946 episode of the Screen Guild Theater in Sweethearts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, Lady Esther is proud to present the screen's most beloved singing stars in a play based on one of Victor Herbert's most endearing operettas. The Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer picture, Sweethearts, with Jeanette MacDonald and Nelson Eddy in our original roles.
Glenn Marlowe and Ernest Lane in Sweethearts. For six years, they've been the biggest hit on Broadway. And Felix Lehman, their producer, has grown fat with profits and lean with worry. For six years, he has tried to tell himself... Well, so what? Suppose I haven't got a contract with them. What can Hollywood offer that Broadway can't? And for six years, Norman Trumpet has had the answer. Hollywood is the natural fulfillment of Broadway. My studio wants them, my studio needs them, and someday my studio is going to get them. And how do Gwen and Ernest feel? Well, mostly tired. Six years without missing a single performance... Six years of boisterous, adoring crowds. Six years of discipline imposed by Kay Jordan, who acts as secretary for both. Tonight, for example, walking in on Gwen... Oh, no, you don't. Not a single chocolate. You're a half pound overweight right now. And a few moments later in Ernest's room... Oh, no, you don't either. Put down that pipe until the show is over. Why, yesterday I heard you cough twice. Six years of slavery... Six years of success. Six years of something that doesn't change. After each performance, a little note is slipped under Gwen's dressing room door. A little note unsigned. There was one tonight. Six years with you are like six minutes. Six minutes without you are like six years. And one last night. Whenever anyone asks what I'm doing, just tell them I'm thinking about you. And the night before. All the world's asleep but us. But we're the ones that are dreaming. After every performance, matinees included, and Gwen has saved every one of them. There's no doubt about it. Gwen's in love. And now she looks up happily at a familiar knock. Come in. Good evening, Miss Marlowe. Remember me? Oh, yes, Mr. Lane. The man in gray. Six years ago, wasn't it? Six years ago tonight. My suit's lasted pretty well, hasn't it? Mm, beautifully. Mine has too, remember? The something in blue. Ah, oh, you both get prettier every year. Shh. You'd better come in if you're going to get personal. There. Now, do you mind if I kiss my wife? I love it. Six years ago tonight, Mrs. Lane. Six years. <laughs> Sneaking away after the show opened. Such a funny way to get married. A very good way. In fact, I'll never get married any other way. Neither will I. Oh, darling. Darling. Any uh, changes you'd like made, Mrs. Lane? Mm-hmm. Quite a big one, Mr. Lane. Huh? Mm, but I don't see you enough to tell you about it. Well, tell me now. That's what it is. We don't see enough of each other. We certainly don't. And we're going to fix that starting tonight. Starting tonight. Where are we going? Oh, where do we go every year? <laughs> at our own little table at Angelo's. Angelo's. Mm-hmm. Angelo's. Just think of it. We'll be let alone. And nobody will ask us to sing. And there won't be crowds of moonstruck women climbing all over you for autographs. And no orchestra playing the hits from Sweethearts. And we'll be alone. And we'll be together. It'll be so peaceful. And so quiet. Kitties, kitties, I've got the grandest idea in the... Where are you going? Out. I'm going out, too. Good night, Felix. But, children, you can't. You can't go out this way. You're supposed to come to the party. What party? My party. Just a little table at the Mirabeau. Uh, sorry, old man. We've got another date. But thanks for asking us. Good night. But you can't run out. You, you've got to come. We've been planning it for weeks, for months, for... Not tonight, Felix. I'm putting the foot down. I'm putting mine down, too. Well, you don't have to put them down on my heart. Oh, Felix, don't talk like that. Well, I... I'm sorry. It was just the disappointment... 
But don't you mind, forget all about me. Oh, darling, we could never forget you. Oh, go ahead, don't think of us. Turn your back on the few old friends who wanted to share your happiness. Now, just a minute. We never turned a back on an old friend in our lives. And you needn't think we're going to start tonight. Where'd you say that party was? The Mirabeau. Just a few old friends? Yes, that's all. Just a few old friends. Uh, more or less. Hmm, darling, just wait till I get my hands on Felix. Me too. Just a few old friends. Uh, there's a couple of hundred I've never even met. And of course, there just happens to be a broadcast. Nothing much. Just a little coast-to-coast hookup. And all the chorus here from the show, and the press, and the cameraman, I'm gonna break his neck. Too bad you can't do it before he gets to that microphone. Yeah, I wonder what he'll say is if I didn't know. Ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience, I wish you could be here with us tonight at the Hotel Maribor, where we're celebrating the sixth wedding anniversary of Gwen Marlowe and Ernest Lane. Thank you. That, that, that's all we're doing, of course. This is no publicity stunt. Why, I'm not even going to mention Sweethearts, the show they're starring in at the Melody Theater. Now, we're not here to talk about Sweethearts, about the way Sweethearts has broken all records, playing to capacity every night for six years, matinees, Wednesday and Saturday. No, we're just here tonight to forget Sweethearts and to have a good time. Gwen, what's that show we're here to forget? Uh, darling, I've never even heard of Sweethearts. That's uh, what we're here, just to uh, eat and dance and, uh, oh, uh, maybe hear a few songs. Uh-oh, here we go. Now, ought to be a nice change for us. Which reminds me, our two stars have asked particularly to sing for you, and uh, since they're so anxious, I'd better not keep them waiting. Oh, here they are. They're coming up to the microphone now. And I believe they're going to sing Pretty as a Picture. Gwen, Ernest, the microphone is yours. And you know what I'd like to do with it. Uh, what? Sing, of course. You're pretty as a picture, darling, you're a dream. Who could paint a picture lovely as you seem this moment? It would take a Rembrandt to catch the charm of you. You're pretty as a picture, an angel from the blue. Although you may think what you say is clever and unique, a hundred million times a day, a million
Oh. Tired, darling? Oh, I could fall asleep at the drop of an eyelid. I could kill Felix for doing that to us. Killing's too good for him. We ought to put him through our routine for a year. Radio, publicity stunts, charity dinners. Yeah, performance every night. Matinees, Wednesdays, Saturdays, and holidays. Darling, why do we do it? For dear old Felix. Well, isn't it time we thought of ourselves? That, uh, that Mr. Trumpet was at the party tonight. You know, from Hollywood. I know him. He mentioned that his offer is still good. Wouldn't it be wonderful? He said you don't have to be on the set till noon. And you're through by three. And you have your evenings all to yourself. And the climate's terrific. Never rains. <laughs> well, uh, practically never. And everyone has his own orange farm. Yeah, you can go out in the backyard and chop down your own fruit trees. Ernest, why don't we? Let's tell Trump we'd sign his contract. I did. Tonight. Darling, you're wonderful. Now all we have to do is to break it to Felix. I did. Tonight. Darling, you're wonderful. <laughs> California, here we come. <laughs> the sentiment's right, but the theme's wrong. <laughs> okay. You got anything better, Mrs. Lane? Mm, I think so. When the golden sun sinks in the west And the toil of the long day is o'er Though the road may be long In the lilt of a song We'll forget we were weary before Far ahead where the blue shadows fall We shall come to contentment and rest I could really go for that. California? No, the second chorus. Go ahead. There are hands that will welcome me. There are lips I am burning to keep. There are two eyes that shine just because they are mine. And a thousand things other men Second act of the Lady Esther Screen Guild play will follow in just a moment. Now, a word from Lady Esther. Now that spring is really beginning, you've probably noticed that your skin is even more dry and sensitive than usual. That happens because months of exposure to wind and cold have toughened the surface texture of your skin, drying out much of the natural moisture. And now the weather-hardened surface is rougher and flaking off, 
You can feel this with your fingertips. You can see it in your mirror. And it's not flattering. Actually, your poor skin is crying for help. Believe me, it will respond gratefully to just a single application of Lady Esther face cream. Instantly, this famous four-purpose face cream absorbs and removes the flaky dryness. Instantly, your winter-parched skin is softer, smoother, and prettier again. Give me only 30 seconds, and I will prove it to you with my patch test. You simply smooth Lady Esther face cream on one patch of skin, like one cheek. Then wipe it off, and compare that cheek with the other. You will see how the dried-out winter look is gone. You'll feel the exciting difference with your fingertips. Lady Esther face cream absorbs winter dryness with the first application. Because it is made with the most beautifying ingredients known to science... <clears throat> It also cleans your skin, helps nature refine the pores, and leaves a smooth, clear base for powder. So take 30 seconds and make the patch test. Prove to yourself that Lady Esther face cream does more for your skin than any face cream you have ever used. Hi, this is Porchlight Music Theater's marketing associate, Lobo Tate. If you value programming like this, please consider making a donation today at porchlightmusictheater.org. We appreciate your consideration, and we hope you enjoy the show. And now, the second act of Sweethearts, starring Jeanette MacDonald and Nelson Eddy. Well, the unbelievable has happened. Ernest and Gwen are leaving the show, and Felix Lehman's gold mine will soon run dry. Only one more performance to go, and Felix is in gloomy conference with Leo Kronk, who happens to be the author of Sweethearts. Oh, it's no use, Leo. I tried every trick I know. They mean it this time. Oh, it's the end of Sweethearts. It isn't fair. What will become of me? You'll probably have to go to work. You mean there's no hope? You've signed a contract? They don't have to worry about contracts. They're the greatest team any producer ever had. That's why Hollywood wants them. Hollywood wants them as a team, yes. But suppose they were not a team. Sure, and suppose they couldn't sing. What if they were separated? Well, we might have a chance. Oh, but how can you separate two people so much in love? That's the whole idea. I have a play, a great unproduced drama. It cannot be wrong. What are you talking about? It is founded on a universal truth. A woman in love can always be made to believe she has a rival. You say these two are so much in love? What else would you call it when he slides notes under her door notes. all the time? What do they say, these notes? How should I know? They're love notes, I guess. Gwen keeps every one he ever wrote. They're locked up in her dressing room. In her dressing room? Aha! Felix, my friend, your worries are over. The day is saved. It is Leo Kronk who promises this. Marlowe and Lane will not go to Hollywood. <laughs> And for their final radio appearance in New York until next week when the Sweethearts Hour will originate from Hollywood, Gwen Marlowe and Ernest Lane bring you one of their best love duets. Here they are now, the Sweethearts of the Sweetheart Hour singing Every Lover Must Meet His Fate. For every
divide us. Somehow we will conquer it all. Some way, surely heaven will guide us. Someday we will answer love's call. Always I can see you before me. Your face and its heavenly charm shining in a radiant glory. Give me to your twinkling home. I've got some shopping to do. All right, but hurry. Isn't it wonderful? It's a miracle if we ever get off. Kay, hurry. We'll never get these trunks closed. Oh, I never dreamed we had so much to... Kay, where are you? I had to answer the doorbell. Leo Kronk is here. Leo? He says it's important. Okay, not now. With all oh, I've got to Oh, my dear. I came right up. I didn't want to keep you waiting. Well, that's what I like about you, Leo. You are so thoughtful. <coughs> You'll excuse me. I've got a lot of things to do. Friend, I have great news for you. For me? For you. I have written a play, a magnificent play, and I am going to read it to you. Oh, no, Leo. I mean, not now. I, I've got so many things to do, I haven't packed. Oh, you can go on packing. I read it loud. But, Leo, dear, I... Ah, you see, you're in your room and your husband enters. And he says, as you know, my dear, we've been married a long time. And you say, does it seem so long to you? Oh, I'm sorry, these shoes. And then he says... Six years with you are like six minutes. Six minutes without you are like six years. Oh, shoes are so hard to pack. They... What does he say? Six years without you are like six minutes. Six minutes without you are like six years. Yeah, it's very charming, isn't it? Yes, very charming. Did you uh, make it up yourself? No, no, not exactly. And then you say, oh, Cyril, are you really happy with me? And he says... I mean, uh, I'm just uh, curious about that line. It's... Uh, it's so sort of special, if you know what I mean. Oh, it is special. It was a note written by a man very much in love. I just borrowed it. Really? Uh, uh, who, uh, who uh, is he? Oh, I know only you know. the lady indication. Uh, I cannot betray her confidence. You see, the man is married. Oh, so he's married. Yes, one of those very sad stories. He's been writing notes like that for years. You mean... 
The girl showed you other notes for Oh, him? yes, she has hundreds. He writes one every day. I have several of them in my play. For example, here's one on page uh, 27. Who, whenever anyone asks what I'm doing, just tell them I'm thinking about you. And uh, here's another page 81. All the world's asleep for us, but we're the ones... Oh, please, Leo, please, I can't stand anymore. I, I mean, I mean, not now. I've, I've got so much on my mind. Perhaps some other time. I understand, my dear. It is a day of confusion. But it is Leo Kronk who promises I will dedicate my play to you. Good afternoon. Ernest. Oh, Ernest, how could you? <laughs> Did you see Variety today? Lane and Marlowe have split. Yeah, Winchell says wider and half past 12. And that Hollywood deal's all off, too. Yeah, Felix is sending sweethearts on tour. Two companies. One of them in each and going different directions. Hey, what's it all about? <laughs> I guess that's what Lane would like to know, too. Says his wife won't even talk to him. Well, it's tough on them, but it's a break for Felix. Boy, will those road companies clean up. Chicago, Topeka, Duluth, Sioux City. Uh, new house records, every city we've played. Why, Miss Marlowe, that ought to make you feel mighty good. Yes. Wonderful. Pittsburgh, Wheeling, Cincinnati, Columbus, standing room only in every town. Mr. Lane, you must be a pretty happy guy. Yeah, overjoyed. You know, Gwen, it's rather strange the way you grab for that copy of Variety every week. You never had time to read it in New York. Well, I've got more time now, and I like to know where... I mean, what other road companies are doing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Where is Ernest this week? I wasn't reading about Ernest. I was just looking at the... Oh, Leo Kronk's new play opened in New York. What sort of notice did it get? It says, This turkey dishes out the nutty idea that any femme in love will believe hubby has another girlfriend. What plot there is concerns itself with uh, how dopey wife is made, made to believe that husband is playing out of bounds, minor character steals love letters husband has written, and plants them so that wife is convinced... Spouse has two-timed her with another woman. Wife is screwy enough to fall for this tripe, but audience is not, and... Kay! Kay, I must have been crazy! Come again? The phone. Where's the phone? Hello. Hello, operator. I want long distance. Hello. Hello, operator. I want long distance. It can't be busy, operator. It can't. Try again. Can't. It, it can't be busy now. Keep on trying, will you? Hello? Hello? Oh, darling, darling I was reading about reading Leo's plans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweetheart. Sweetheart, hold me in
Thank you. Thank you, Nelson Eddy and Jeanette McDonald, for your delightful performances. We hope you will be back with us soon again. You can count on both of us, Mr. Bradley. For that matter, you can count on every actor and actress in Hollywood. Because we all know the wonderful work being done by the Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house. And we know that work is made possible largely by this radio program. Now, before we tell you about next week's program, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss McDonald. Ladies, I've told you this many times, but I can't say it too often. There are no really plain women. There are only women who don't know how to make themselves look attractive. For example, this one little thing makes a startling difference in your appearance. The shade of face powder you use. Often just changing to a more flattering shade will hide the little lines better, give more tone and color to your complexion, and even make an aging skin look younger and fresher again. For just such flattery, Lady Esther Bridal Pink Face Powder was deliberately blended. And so, thousands of women have taken the trouble to write and tell me the exciting things Bridal Pink does for them. They say it gives new life to their skin, new sparkle to their eyes, even makes their features look smaller. I know of no other powder shade that does this so well. And it doesn't matter whether your hair is blonde, brown, auburn, or black. Bridal Pink plays no favorites. It is intensely flattering to almost every skin. As you know, Lady Esther Face Powder is famous for the way it covers up and hides little blemishes, and for the way it clings hour after hour. Why not greet spring with a fresh, brand-new appearance? Now's the best time of all to switch to Lady Esther Four-Purpose Face Cream and glamorous Lady Esther Bridal Pink Face Powder. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present On Borrowed Time. It will star Agnes Moorhead, Ted Donaldson, Vincent Price, and Lionel Barrymore. Be sure to listen. Sweethearts was presented through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of A.J. Cronin's The Green Years. Nelson Eddy can be heard each Sunday on his own program, The Electric Hour, over this station. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you, and good night, everyone. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Victor Herbert began to compose stage productions in 1894, producing several successes, including The Serenade in 1897 and The Fortune Teller in 1898. Some of the productions he wrote after the turn of the 20th century were even more successful. Babes in Toyland in 1903, Mademoiselle Modiste in 1905, The Red Mill in 1906, Naughty Marietta in 1910, and Eileen in 1917. After World War I, with the change of popular music tastes, Herbert began to compose modern-era musicals and reviews, and contributed music to other composers' shows. While some of these were well-received, he never again achieved the level of success that he had enjoyed with his most popular early productions. 
1939, the year after the film Sweethearts was released, Paramount Pictures released a film bio of the composer titled The Great Victor Herbert, featuring Alan Jones, Mary Martin, Lee Bowman, and Susanna Foster, and starring Walter Connolly as Victor Herbert, the film was nominated for three Academy Awards and featured many of the composer's biggest musical hits. Theaters across the country need your support now, more than ever. We hope you'll consider a donation to Porchlight Music Theater today. Just go to porchlightmusictheater.org. Until next time on Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio. I'm Michael Weber.